0: Hey folks, my name is Andy Sitto, I'm a musician, songwriter, podcaster, producer, living in Denver, Colorado, you're listening to Middle Class Rockstar. My guest this week is founder of Indie Shuffle Blog and Submit Hub, Jason Grishkoff. Okay, welcome back, I appreciate you being here. I've got Jason Grishkoff today. Um... We had another great conversation, but this is actually his second time on the podcast back in 2020. over It's been about two and a half years now, I believe. Um, he was on and we chatted about Submit Hub and specifically how to submit. That's back on episode 37, if you want to scroll back and check that out. Um, so, real quick, for people who don't know what Submit Hub is, it's a website where artists go to submit their songs to uh bloggers and influencers and even record labels if they want to uh the site serves as a nice middleman so essentially if i have a new song i'll go to submithub.com um and upload my song and then i get asked some questions about it what's the genre um what's the what's the mood this and that you can t- chat about it a little bit um And then based on how you answer the questions and you get to choose, hey, I want to I want to target this song towards influencers like TikTok influencers or Instagram influencers, whatever. Or I want to target this towards blogs um, and and Spotify playlists and stuff. Or I want to target this for record labels. So once you finish the questionnaire, hit enter. And then you get uh, matched up with the best fitting influencers or bloggers. Right. Right. And in that list, I can go through and handpick which ones I want to submit to. You buy credits on the website, buy tokens, um, and you use those credits to submit to that specific blog or influencer that you'd like to talk to. Now... The, the motivation for the other side of this, the influencer, the blogger, the label, is they have 48 hours to get back to you. And if they don't get back to you, you get your credits returned. Um, and the credits the credits are pretty cheap and nobody costs more. I believe the highest is three credits. Um, but a, a lot of the influencers are one credit and two credit. And um, anyway, so it's a really nice way to for sure hear back from these blogs that you've been wanting to submit your music to, um, and if and if they don't, you in forty eight hours you get your money back. So it's it's sort of been the the leading way for artists to submit um, to blogs and influencers for for several years there's a lot of competitors now and that's one of the things we talk about in the episode there wasn't a ton of competitors two and a half years ago when we talked last there are now um and we just kind of chat about some of the differences in those uh groover is one that's come up uh muso soup is another one we chat about human human there's a there's a bunch of them but anyway that's what submit hub is that's basically how it works and if you're an artist who's new to Submit Hub and, and you want to know more about it, back in episode 37, there's also a YouTube uh, video. I put this one up on YouTube. I've linked it in the show notes. If you go to 44 minutes of that episode, um, I share my screen with Jason and we actually submit one of my songs. And so I get to, you get to hear from the CEO and the guy who codes the website um, the best way to use his tools. So... If you haven't submitted a submit hub before, check out that YouTube link in the show notes, go to 44 minutes and you can watch us actually submit a song uh, on the website step by step. It's really cool. So, anyway, um, jumping into our conversation this time, we recap you know where he's where he's from and how he got to be uh, doing what he's doing and um He's really just started from him being a music fan but we get into all that we chat about the competitors we chat about new features on SubmitHub and uh, it's, it's a really great conversation so I hope you enjoy it I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor Narrator Music uh, they provide simple and affordable licensing for sync go to narratorrf.com for more information I'm also looking for new sponsors um, I'll do a spot for you of, uh, 15 seconds 30 seconds a minute whatever shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar@gmail.com at if you're interested in that and if you'd like to support this podcast as always in a non-monetary way. Give it a quick five-star rating and review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's it's a huge help and just takes a second. If you'd like to support in a monetary way, I'm also on Patreon. I post up podcast stuff and uh, artist stuff as well at patreon.com slash AndySydow, S-Y-D-O-W. And there's a link for that in the show notes as well. All right, let's jump into my second conversation with Jason Grishkoff. Mm-hmm. Jason how you doing I'm alive
1: and it's warm it's really warm here probably not so hot where you are
0: no it's not where where are you currently last time we talked you were in South Africa I believe
1: I'm back I'm back in South Africa I mean this is the time of year to be here when it starts to heat up so uh, I was in the States for a few months this year uh, also when it was nice and hot so maybe I just like hot weather
0: yeah. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, uh, so is that, are you, I mean, are you like splitting time between South Africa and the States or
1: mostly here these days? Yeah. I think, I think, well, you know, the States, my whole family lives in the States. So I think there's a good chance that uh, I'll be spending more and more time there as well. Uh, and maybe even, maybe even moving there. Who knows?
0: And, but this is, you were born uh, in South Africa, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I spent sixteen years in California. So Yeah. I'm uh I'm half half. Yeah. Somewhere in between. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ha- uh half Californian and half South African. Um whatever whatever that amounts to. And what time is it uh there? Four PM. It's four PM. Okay. Well next time we yeah. do this, we're gonna do it at four PM Colorado time because um it's early here. It's early. It's yeah, what 7. time is it? It's seven AM, which I isn't that early, but you know, kinda early.
1: I am I'm happy to go. Uh your ten AM is usually actually great for me. So
0: okay, just for okay. future
1: reference. For, for, for podcast number three.
0: Um, just as a, a little recap on you, you're born in South Africa, moved to the States at, at twelve, I believe. Um, lived in California, worked in DC for a while, worked for Google. Um and in your time in, in D.C., uh, about 2007, you were 21 years old, which was the peak of torrenting music online. And you were doing just that, and you became a natural uh, music curator because you were torrenting, uh, tor- getting lot- downloading lots of music and uh, sending it to friends and, and kind of curating playlists and stuff. And that gave you this grand idea to start uh, your own blog called Indie Shuffle, and uh, is that is that right so far?
1: Yeah, it's still running today. Fifteen years later, sixteen almost. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's
0: I know you know you hit uh, about six million streams per month in two thousand thirteen, and you were doing ten reviews a day. What's uh, what's the blog doing now?
1: Uh <clears throat> I think we're pushing between one to two blog posts a day, and probably around four hundred thousand streams a month. So wow. Uh, well, and- I, I think that's just a general reflection of, of the way people are using the internet. So independent sites as, as a whole have probably seen a big dip. And then uh, streaming, obviously, you're paying your Spotify subscription, so you're going you're gonna to go to Spotify, right? So right. yeah, music blogs as a whole have, have lost, uh, I suppose, their place in the market as the source of music
0: right right well and so why i mean how hard would it be to start a music blog today if you're starting indie shuffle today i mean you you've already had a reputation for 15 years if someone was doing that today is is that a difficult task
1: no it's never been that difficult right you just got to start start a blog which is fairly easy to do on on wordpress or blogger or something like that and then uh, just start writing about music it's it's really that simple. And and today when a, a new blog applies to join Submit Hub to receive their submissions, we're not focused so much on their reputation or their engagement or how many, you know, how many followers they have, how many visits they're getting. We are more interested in the quality of the content that they're writing and whether they're showing a genuine passion for music discovery. To us, those are really the things that that bloggers can still contribute to the community, if you will. But at the end of the day, it, I mean, it's going to be really difficult. We can't get back to six million a month, right? It's just not going to happen. It's not the way that the the space works anymore. And so, if someone's starting a blog with the intent of of making a big time or just in general making money, uh, you're in it for the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in in as as the founder of Indie Shuffle, are you discouraged by the fact that you'll never get back to uh, six million a month? And and what What's your involvement with the blog now versus what it was when it started?
1: So I still actually, let's see, what do I do? I still listen to a lot of songs every day, probably about 30 or 40. Um, there are a few other members of my team, Jamie and Dylan, who also listen to songs. And then uh, as far as the content that gets written, I probably put up a few blog posts a month myself. But I've actually got someone on the team that I pass a lot of suggestions onto, and then she writes it up for me. The um I think the biggest thing that's changed is back in the day I spent all my time coding on Indieshuffle and one of the things that differentiated it was its its technology uh, the capability to to use it as a sort of radio station, if you will and and not many other music blogs had that functionality. So the biggest change is that all that time I was allocating to that is now time I'm allocating to code on submitHub but the the core, Passion of discovering and sharing new music—that's still there. It's, 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 it's a pretty cool hobby to have, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. And so, and you still love doing it. You still love uh, getting to curate and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice creative thing. It gives you something to do when you get on the internet. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of people come on looking for fresh content, right? You open up your phone, you check your Instagram or your news site or whatever it is that you are constantly looking for that fresh addictive feed from and for me a lot of that is checking in on submit hub to see how many new songs have been sent and listen through them so yeah it's a pretty integral part of my day-to-day still and, right. and i think it balances out nicely because i mean if you're just stuck in code or are running a business all day without that that sort of creative outlet to it it can sure. get down on you so yeah yeah i i see it as a as a, a nice balance to all of it
0: when you're talking about how you're doing so much coding on the site, and that helps set the blog apart, um, eventually you started uh, building websites for other blogs, right? Because you kind of have that yeah. side of you, not just a music fan, but uh, a coder as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that leveled me up quite a bit, actually. Uh, it was So Andy Shuffle had a, a few rough patches with our advertisers sort of bailing out on us, and we had a whole big thing where we lost a lot of potential money. And I was faced with the decision of either getting on my hands and knees and going back to Google to grovel for my job in HR, or I, I had to come up with a different plan. And so for about six months, I was freelancing for other websites, uh, other music blogs who wanted to have a similar player to Indie Shuffle. So I think I probably set up about three of them. The, the most uh, notable was This Song is Sick, com, so I ended up yeah. doing one for them. You, you probably know them because they're from Denver, That's aren't they? Colorado. Like yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're nearby, but yeah, I helped them out on on their website, and um, it it leveled me up a lot. the The ability to, or the opportunity rather, to recreate what I had built, but do it right this time. Like, I mean, you do it. There's years and years of patched in things and lessons learned, and so you can actually just step back and go, okay, if I were to write this again from scratch, what am I going to do? And and that, eventually, segued into giving me the skills I needed to build SubmitHub.
0: And there was one there was one thing I want to uh, backtrack on really quick because I think it's a fun part of your story. The reason, part of the reason why you started freelancing, um, you were doing really well with Indie Shuffle. I think you said uh, on on the last episode you were bringing in about 180k, and you said I'm going to use uh, half of that for my lifestyle, and I'm going to use half of that um, to hire. A, uh, I, I think it was a team in Bangladesh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, to help make things bigger and better, and then and then they that kind of didn't work out. Tell us about that story a little bit.
1: Right, it was the peak of, of of music advertising, and Spin magazine came along and attempted to acquire or sign exclusive advertising deals with all of the major music players, including Hype Machine, Stereo Gum, Ear Milk. Gorilla vs. Bear, Indie Shuffle, The Music Ninja, like all, all these big names in in music blogging at the time. And they offered us a deal that I couldn't refuse. It was $15,000 a month, guaranteed they have complete access to all the advertising on our website. And um, yeah, it was about 11 months into that where they, they still hadn't paid me. And I was uh, understandably a little bit worried Yeah, i kicked and i screamed and finally they sent me a check for five grand and i thought well hold up no i mean you owe me at this point you owe me 120 so when's the rest coming and they said don't worry don't worry it's coming and then a week later they said okay listen we should have told you but we're actually bankrupt and uh, we need that five thousand dollars back so yeah it was a bit of a shock especially because here i was paying this bangladeshi team every month getting them Involved in the project, and and I was also paying the editors of of Indie Shuffle, so the people who were writing for the blog were getting paid per article as well. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a bummer and and a real wake up call. I was able to disconnect them from the ads and quickly get myself set up on another <clears throat> ad provider, which which brought in you know three or four thousand dollars a month. But it it was a wake up call uh, in terms of you know lifestyle. I was I was traveling around, living in OBBs, and, and I was 27 or 28. It was a good time, right? I didn't yeah, have much yeah. responsibility. And um, suddenly all that money had dried up, and I thought, oh, man, I, if I had known this, I wouldn't have been spending money the way I've been spending it. And right. uh, I had to look for an, a different thing to do. Yeah, so that, that is what led to the freelancing and ultimately what led to Hub's creation.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's such a fun story because I think if I was in your position, I would have done something similar. Did you have to give the five grand back, by the way?
1: No. Yeah, I okay, I going to say you'd
0: have been... Uh, uh, some people probably would have uh, sent someone to go break their thumbs, but if you gave the five grand back, then you're a really, really nice guy. Um,
1: yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I had someone, a, f- a friend who was in the... Actually, our editor in The Chief... At, at the time, her father was involved in similar sorts of cases. And so when he saw this come up, he said, nah, that's, this one's really easy. Tell them this, this, and this, and uh, the money is yours.
0: So you start SubmitHub. What year is this when SubmitHub starts?
1: It has been seven years now. So it was November of 2015 was when it launched. The, okay. the actual coding for it started in July and August. I was living in Amsterdam at the time, and uh, I went there with the intent of hauling myself up uh, and just getting super baked every day just to code, I was gonna code yeah. and code. And so that was actually where it all began. Uh, it's, it's quite stereotypical in a way, but uh, yeah, so that's been seven and a bit years ago, but the, the official launch was <laughs> uh, November yeah. of 2015, yeah. And it sort of
0: came as a solution to your own problem um, on on indie shuffle is you're having to respond to 300 emails a day or whatever from artists who are pitching you music, and the coder in you said what's the solution here? And other people are asking me for help. What's the solution for me and all other blogs? Um, never mind playlists and influencers. That maybe comes a little later. But it didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, for you, it was I'm going to code a thumbs up, thumbs down button to make things, to make contact to the blogs easier for artists, for one, and to make it easier to accept and deny music for the blogs, right?
1: Yeah. I think, I think what many newer artists today may not be aware of is how difficult it was back then to actually make contact with the curators who had the ability to share their music and back in 2013 2014 music blogs were it it was a very centralized process and if you could get the snowball effect going with music blogs you were very likely to start getting booked for shows and picked up by labels it it was it it was all centralized in one place so the the industry wasn't as fragmented And what that meant was that everyone's strategy was kind of the same. Literally, everyone was going for music blogs. And if you were an artist just coming along, Googling how to promote your music, you might buy a spreadsheet of 500 emails for all the blogs and you would just sort of send out the spam. Maybe you actually spent weeks thinking about your email and tailoring the perfect pitch and doing it. It all just got deleted because as, as music blogs, we were completely overwhelmed by the the volume of submissions, and simultaneously, the whole industry was going through this sort of crash where Spotify was emerging and taking over, Google had changed search results to make YouTube the dominant result that shows up when you look for a song, Uh, Facebook had completely changed the way that Facebook pages worked, and that used to drive a million visits per month for us. And then advertising was getting turned on its head. So it was this perfect storm acting against music blogs. And all the time, they had never been more more in demand. So their popularity was going down, their money was going down. but the, the in terms of oh oh yeah, we got to submit the blogs. that was that was the it. So the stars weren't aligned very well if you were a blogger. and And what that meant for artists was that there was zero chance of you getting a response from a blogger, let alone being shared. Well, and why was it
0: so in demand for artists when so many things were working against blogs at that time?
1: I don't think there was that awareness at the time, right? And, and if you had asked me in 2014, in fact, there might be an interview from back then that I should try scratch up to see if I, I was aware, but I don't think I was. So it's very easy in hindsight to see how this perfect storm was brewing to counteract against blogs. But I imagine at the time, many of us still... Would have thought that this was just a temporary dip and blogs were still gonna be it, right? So yeah. there was still a lot of people investing in this. And, and and the idea of a website like Hype Machine no longer having the influence seemed ludicrous. It it was a king maker or a queen maker at the time. If you got to number one on hype machine, that was it. Coachello was gonna be phoning you. And um wow and and so it, at the moment, it's difficult, in the moment, it's difficult to to see all of that going on. Today, similarly, right, one of the hottest games is pitching to independent Spotify playlisters. Right. Is that the most effective method, or has that ship sailed? We can get into that a little bit. It's certainly yes. harder than it's ever been, and and I, I would imagine that the impact of being shared on these independent playlists four or five years ago was probably bigger than than one could really accomplished today so so it is sort of that The the industry in some senses lags behind this and and so but you don't know what's coming right so you you almost realize when when they realize that blogs are the biggest things or playlists are the biggest things it's almost as if they're not anymore they've they've hit the top and the only place to go from there is down so yeah yeah that that's kind of where the blogging space was at that time
0: Yeah, yeah. And we probably should have have done this a little earlier on. But can you just give us a quick for for anybody who might not know? And again, I've described it in the show in in the monologue and stuff. But for anyone who might not be super familiar with SubmitHub, just in a in a quick uh, summary, what is it for an artist? and what is it? Yeah, for, well, a curator?
1: segueing from the conversation we're having, I, I was getting 300 unsolicited email pitches a day, in various formats with different links, a Dropbox or YouTube and attached mp3. And they were untargeted as well. So I was getting songs in genres that Indie Shuffle was never going to cover. And the problem I wanted to solve was that a things were too disorganized and b they were untargeted. So I created a pretty simple form ultimately, that allowed you to fill in your artist name, song title, and give me a link. And I said, you can only give me these types of links. At the time, it was SoundCloud or YouTube. That's it. And what that meant as a blogger is that when you hit submit and you sent your song to me, I got this perfect streamlined feed of music coming through that looked a lot like a SoundCloud feed. In fact, I sort of modeled it after that. Indie Shuffle also looked pretty similar, still does today. The difference was that attached to each song was a thumb up or thumb down and when you filled in your form you gave me your email address and when i hit thumb up it shot you an email to say hey jason from indie shuffle would love to cover your music they're on cc let's have a discussion from here or if it was a thumb down it sent you an email saying sorry jason from indie shuffle doesn't want to cover your song and i was definitely not cc'd on that one and uh, that was the end of the story so the core model of submit hub was the ability to send to curators and and what I what I gave artists was almost a directory it was like these spreadsheets that were circulating but much better it gave you information about the genres that we were interested in receiving how many we approved what our response rate was there were some basic statistics there and so you could come along and see the list of you know within the first month there were about 30 blogs on there and you could see who to send to within your genres and so you weren't wasting your time by sending to the wrong people and the other thing I did was I limited how many people you could send to at any given time so there was um a limit of two in fact this still exists today standard the free submissions that was how submit Hub launched and the idea was you get two submissions every four hours and what that meant was you couldn't just select all and send it out you actually had to think about who you were going to send it to Right, And that meant that the targeting was better, not just for the artists, but for the curators, and there was a higher rate of acceptance there. So that was the the version one of SubmitHub. Well, and if you're
0: getting a list of, like you were saying earlier, buying 500 contacts of blogs to send to, um, it's hard for the blog to really take you seriously in a stock email when they're getting 300 of them a day. It's also really difficult for the artist not to do that right. The contact is tough to find. You got to sift through all this stuff. I don't think I can blame either party. Um, Submit Hub is, you know, was kind of a, a solution because I think forcing—it's not too much to ask to force the artist to do a little research beforehand, especially if all the contacts are right in front of them. That's already been taken care of, and you can see what are some recent songs that uh, that this blog has. Um, has done and how close is it to your genre and what you do I mean th- all this stuff is kind of curated it's a short questionnaire that the artist answers about each song um, or just data that they fill out I guess and then you know the artist is recommended to certain uh, to certain blogs so this all, this all kind of makes sense for, for everyone
1: yeah the amount of information we've gathered over the last seven years and the improvements we've made in targeting have have allowed us to push the average approval rate from about 10% to where it is today, which is around 20%. So much of that has been done with better targeting uh, and better information provision. So so to actually let you know as an artist, whether you should send to someone or not. It's gotten to the point where about two months ago, I actually rolled out a new feature called Choose For Me, where it just takes, if you don't have time, you can hit the Choose For Me button specify your budget and then we will select curators for you based on the metadata that you've provided so it um, it's it's roughly equivalent to what the manual choices are in fact so it's a uh, it's it's gotten pretty close from a data standpoint I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it for everyone the biggest problem we actually see there is artists who don't get their genres right. And then they use the choose for me button and then they go, wait, no one liked it. And I'm going, well, you said this was indie rock, but this is folk. And, and it's that subtle, that subtlety, right? Which makes a big difference yeah. here. Um, blame the algorithm. So over time, I think we need to get better at, uh, you know, one of the problems to solve is the fact that this targeting is still so subjective and so different across different. So I've got lots of different ideas there for things that we can do to improve it. But since version one of submit habit has improved such that we've gotten the approval rates from 10% to 20%. So that that's a pretty cool metric in my mind. Uh, I don't know how much higher it can reasonably go. There's a hundred thousand songs a day being released. I I mean, the, the choice available to curators is crazy. And, um, you know, eventually, I, I, I don't think you can hit a hundred percent. Right. I'm sure yeah. many artists would love that. Every single, every single song is a perfect match, but I just right. don't think, uh, there's humans. involved. that's curation. Like it's, it's impossible, yeah. right? It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not when, even going to make it my goal. 25%. Maybe that's my goal.
0: Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd yeah. be great. One, one in every four. And you know what? It is tough for the artist to sometimes select the correct genre, as silly as that sounds. Right. I mean, if, you know, you might think it's indie rock and it's, I don't know. I, I think that is tricky. I'm always having to think about, uh, well, what genre do I, I, I'm this genre as an artist, but this song's kind of over here. It's, uh,
1: it's interesting. Yeah, I have, the, I have artists reach out occasionally um, with this problem and, and you know, I kind of go back and say, okay, you know, maybe I would have chosen these genres and I had one earlier this week where he really pushed back and said, no, no, you're absolutely wrong here. It would definitely not be that. It's going to be this. And I was just thinking, all right, you know what, go ahead, submit that. But um, genres are tricky. And um, I think one of the solutions there is to think about artists instead. So uh, six months ago, I rolled out moods. You can apply a mood, which is, it's not like a genre, but it does influence things. Is it happy? Is it sad? Is it aggressive? Is it chill? But I think being able to type in an artist that you like, or that you think you sound like, could be another helpful step there in terms of aligning you with curators who might also enjoy the same artists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I know when this started, this was this was really targeting blogs. So much has changed in the music industry since you started Indie Shuffle, and even since you started Submit Hub. Um, there's also an option um you know to for playlists right i mean people are submitting for playlists as much as they are for blogs maybe more also something that i think was rolled out in 2020 but was very new and maybe it wasn't even around yet is uh submitting to influencers people who have a bunch of followers on tiktok to share your song or or whatever um and you can also submit to uh, record labels so there's a bunch of different options um, which, in the last year or so, what are most artists doing? Where do most submissions go?
1: I think we can, we can, can expound on some of the stuff I was saying earlier, right? So uh, music blogs were it at one point in the industry, and yeah. then along came Spotify and Spotify playlists. And so a lot of people thought, okay, no, hold on. It's now Spotify, right? That's the buzz, and that's what's going to make me big. But Music Box didn't disappear. They were still there in the background and it was still going on. Uh, about three years ago, TikTok became all the buzz. Okay, no, TikTok is where you go if you want to make it big. But Spotify didn't disappear. It was still there in the background. And right. so what I think we actually have today is a lot of fragmentation where in 10 years ago, it was all about blogs. Today, it is a multifaceted thing that you have to do from, from blogs to playlists to YouTube channels to record labels to TikTok, to Instagram, to Twitch, to whatever. And so we, to me, one of the interesting things is that TikTok and Instagram really haven't taken off as that holy grail of where people should be sending their music. I think about 30% of our submissions are still going into that area. But by large, most curators are operating in the Spotify realm and most people are submitting to Spotify curators. So I would say that that is still the larger group, but on a on a per capita basis, if I can use that term, the yeah. music blogs generally receive uh, more submissions than Spotify playlisters. Really? So that could be a supply and demand thing. I think we've got about, uh, I'm going to be making up numbers here, but I want to say we've got about 200, music blogs and about 700 Spotify playlists. so a little bit is that that sort of spread or imbalance where there are fewer of them so they get more submissions per capita um per head or whatever per blog uh but yeah I would say Spotify is still one of the more attractive things that people are, are submitting to and personally the influencer space is it's a it's a tricky one right a lot of people come into it hoping for virality or thinking that they can push it some way and what they miss is that what we've learned for influencer marketing to work you yourself have to be very active on that platform so we yeah. we don't recommend investing any time or effort or money into a platform that you don't know or understand or interact with and and yeah. that usually is where some of the biggest disappointments come from because TikTok and Instagram don't convert over to Spotify. But if you yourself are trying to grow and get a buzz going on those platforms, it can be helpful in just sort of bolstering that a little bit. Sure. It, it's, a, it's a tough one. I, I myself wouldn't do it. I don't do social media, though. So, I mean, there's, I'm just uh, practicing what I preach, if you will. Yeah. The, um, but, it, but it's an interesting one. And, and we're working mostly with micro-influencers. So these are people who have between... 1000 to 1 million views per video on average. When you go with a lot of these agencies where you have to pay two or $3,000 per influencer share, then you're typically working with slightly bigger people. So on SubmitHub, the idea with the influencer one and, and where a lot of especially major labels use SubmitHub is to come in and buy shares in bulk. And they do this to sort of bolster their songs because when you're on TikTok and you see a song, you can tap into it and you can see the feed of all the videos. And they just want to make sure that that looks busy, that there's yeah. something going on there. It's sort of a, I don't want to say fake until you make it, but it's social proof, if you will, that this artist is buzzy and is worthy of being signed to a major label. So it's rare that these, we, we've seen it a couple of times, but uh, we, we're very careful to recommend that someone using this, Influencer side of SubmitHub, not come in with the expectation that they're gonna go viral. It cannot be bought.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. And well, I've, people that do well on TikTok are posting TikToks uh, every three times a day themselves, right? Yeah. And, and,
1: yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to be doing it. Uh, the music isn't the entertainment on TikTok. The music is an important part of the entertainment but the music itself is rarely the reason that the song is being shared. I, I mean, I even think of with that guy longboarding, drinking cranberry juice to that, that seventies classic song or whatever it was. Like, uh, uh, Believe yeah, that one. Is it believing? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, he was one of the, anyway. anyway. Uh, this is why I'm not on the top of the Subman Hope charts, but uh, yeah. the, the, so much of that success, right? It, it sent that song. It was by Fleetwood Mac, right? It sent the song right up to the top of the charts on Spotify yeah. and everywhere. But so much of it was that you've got this fat dude on a longboard drinking cranberry juice out of a giant bottle just looking like he's having the best time in his life. And so Dreams, right? I think to your point, like it's not it's not the music. It's If yeah. you want to do well on, on TikTok or Instagram, you yourself need to be interesting and doing stuff that people find it entertaining, right? That's why they're on TikTok. They're entertained. Entertain me. And that's really what it boils down to. So I don't think TikTok has become the big music slayer that so many people have have hoped it would be. It certainly has a big influence and, and drives a ton of streams. And it can result in music discovery. But using it as a PR and marketing tool, I would say it's difficult to see Direct growth from it.
0: Yeah, and now from the side of the curator, I know you said you'd have to average maybe a thousand views to a million views per uh, post on TikTok. But is there is there a minimum criteria for uh, for a curator, whether it be a music blog or a playlister? I mm. mean, I I think it'd be very easy for a, a Spotify playlister to to come up with a few. Uh, fake listeners and and, uh, charge artists to put them on the playlist, but you've got some sort of uh, a guard up against that kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah. We use magic. Um, (laughs) We use many years of experience to get through this. So, yeah i think what a lot of people don't realize is that we are actively curating the curators on submit hub i touched on the blogging side at the start of our conversation where we're, we're looking for more of the content and the genuine interest in writing about and discovering music on the spotify side we start by looking for something similar it's pretty easy to spot a playlister who created their playlist last week jumped up a thousand fans overnight and has just shared a bunch of garbage to a generically named playlist You can spot those guys from a mile away. And so that's step one in rooting out the people who aren't interested. There are a lot of things that we look at when Spotify playlists apply. About 80% of them get rejected or turned away. And so I can give you some insight into some of the things we're looking for. We're looking for uh, genuine growth in the playlist. We don't want to see any spikes or massive drops overnight. We keep track of a lot of playlists. And I've actually got all these scripts running on the back end. They're, They're doing constant checks to see whether any playlist has had a massive change in the number of followers. And if it does, it triggers a ticket in our system and we're on it within five minutes to like, whoa, because we don't want to expose people to that. And and that's more about the curating the people who are ready on in terms of people who apply on the spotify side some of the other things we're looking for is a is a focus on specific genres so we don't want people applying with very broadly based playlists it's not helpful to you as an artist to get shared on a playlist that is all over the place genre-wise it, it confuses spotify's algorithm and they they don't know who to show you with right so yeah it's really good to be on playlists that feature artists that you feel you should be positioned next to yeah. And in a, in a way you want to train Spotify. So when people apply that's one of the things that we're looking for. We also have a ton of data, more than a million data points now around how many listeners each playlist has. So we can look for irregularities there. We've got ways of running estimates. We work with one of the biggest distributors out there. We've got to, to, to get, I mean, they've got, they've got so much data. But what it means is that we can get real-time insights into how many people are listening to playlists, where those listeners might be coming from. A lot of information that Spotify doesn't actually make public, we've managed to, over the years, get in. And we show this all publicly once the playlist is on Submit SubmitHub. You can actually see how many listeners that playlist gets, what the daily growth is like, um, what the average BPM is, how niche the genres are, whether it's a happy or sad playlist. Like the, the data there is almost overwhelming in a way. But yeah, we use that to drive our decisions about who is allowed to join SubmitHub. And then once we're on there, once they're on, we watch them like hawks to make sure that they are not doing anything sketchy, no rapid changes in growth, not drying out in terms of listeners as well. So we find a lot of playlisters use Instagram advertising to keep their playlists engaged. Which we're cool with, and we've actually developed a whole. This is another new feature, but uh, submit hub links, which is more for the curator side. So we don't we don't talk about it too much. But they're they're eventually essentially uh, landing pages that allow us to track how many impressions curators are getting from their Facebook ads. You'll find them with companies like Tone Den and Hypedit. They also offer things like this. And anyone who dives into the world of Instagram advertising will probably encounter these types of landing pages, because they're good for tracking conversions and optimizing your, your campaigns. So we, we do that on SubmitHub as well. And we give them a tool to help enable that, which also then allows us to keep an eye on them and make sure that their playlists are staying engaged and not dropping too low. If engagement drops off, unfortunately, they end up getting the boot. And, and you know, that you will, if you go looking for five minutes about SubmitHub complaints on the internet, you will find a lot and And I think sure. that's the nature of it. There are artists constantly getting rejected, and of course, it's not their music that is the reason they're being rejected. It's because the platform is a scam uh, right right yeah and 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 try as we might you know it's impossible to to make everyone happy. And so when you go, you'll often see the complaint that the the playlists don't have any listeners and And the answer there is we show you up front exactly how many listeners they have. So there shouldn't be a surprise when you get to it. And if you want to send to a playlister who's only got 10 monthly listeners, do it for a reason. Don't, don't just do it because they, well, they approve everything. So I'm going to send it to them. Um, Like someone who focuses on death metal, 10 listeners in that very specific niche genre are actually probably quite valuable in terms of teaching Spotify's algorithm where to place you. So yeah, long-winded response. Sorry. No, that's
0: okay. I want to talk about uh, competition a little bit because you, you were kind of the first, uh, successful site of its kind. Um, but there's been quite a few other things, uh, that have popped up and, and you know, a lot more about the different competitors than I do, I'm sure. But, um, Groover started in, in 2019, which is sort of a, a French version. Um, there's playlist push, which is specifically towards Spotify playlist. Uh, Muso Soup, which started, uh, I think it's an English uh, company, it started in March of 2020. So right about when we talked last. Um, but, uh, Human Human is another one, and and there's some differences here. I mean, I know Submit Hub is uh, 48 hours, right? You uh, you submit, you well, you buy your credits up front. You spend credits to pitch to a curator, and they have 48 hours to get back to you. And you get to choose if you want a thumbs down or if you need a reason why there is a thumbs down. And if they don't get back to you in 48 hours, then uh, you, you get your credits back. You've already paid for the credits, but you can use your credits. Um, again, I know uh, what Muso soup creators come to you. Um, and it's a 45 day campaign, which is a little different. Human, human is a little more expensive. Um, I think on average, but, uh, I think I was reading that, you know, if you spend $10 for a submission and they don't get back to you in a certain amount of time, you get 70% back, but 30% goes, uh, goes to the website to keep it running. So there's all kinds of different things going on here. Um, how has the landscape changed with the competition and and how does that change what you do?
1: Well, it keeps me on my toes, right? I have to keep pushing forward for that to happen. The most serious of the competition, probably Groover. They picked up $7 million in funding. I think a chunk of that came from the French government trying to push startups in the country, but they're pretty serious about it and they've got a lot of employees. Their model was, Almost like for like, the same as SubmitHub. Initially, it was one of the SubmitHub blockers who wanted to have a French version, and there is a French version of SubmitHub as well. So hey, we got it it's there now too. But he cool. wanted a, he wanted a more exclusively French one, and uh, they look they have the same model. But I think in in most of these cases, the big advantage that SubmitHub has is that I I do the code and I understand the product and I use it in depth. On Groover, you've got Dorian, who understands the product and the space really well, but he doesn't code and he doesn't work with the coding team. Furthermore, they've actually got a coding team, which means that anytime they want to implement any sort of change or project, they have to sit down, have meetings, plan it out. For me, as the only developer here, it's really easy. I don't don't have to explain the thing to anyone. I don't have to plan it out, I just do it in my head. And so I can whip out new features really quickly. So in some sense, it's a game of cat and mouse with Groover, and they are way behind it there. They don't have things like genre matching. They don't have insights into how many followers a playlist's growth has had. They don't have listeners. They don't have anything along those lines. They're a bit more expensive. Uh, and, and I think that they also probably are struggling with a lot of bad apples in terms of curators. We've yeah. seen people that we've removed for abusing SubmitHub end up on Groover. And it's one of those things where the newer platform is just eager to sign people up and still has to learn the lessons that we've learned over the last seven years. So that, you know, right. people who are, well, whatever, there's lots of different ways that you can abuse the system, but ultimately it's people who don't have artists best interest in mind, or are really just not doing them any favors. Uh, an example that I'm thinking of would be a blog that just literally approves hundred percent of their submissions, chucks it in a blog post with 20 other songs and calls it a day. So, that's not helpful to anyone. And we actually remove blogs like those from Submit Hub, because while they genuinely think they're helping artists, the reality is that no one's actually going there and looking at these, these crammed blog posts, it's doing nothing for SEO, it's just valueless. So they, they struggle a bit with those problems. And I'm sure they'll get out of it. But, but I think the big advantage that we have in that like for like service is just the speed at which we can move ahead with new products and new features, as well as the experience we have curating our curators, so to speak. Then you have MusoSoup was another platform you worked, um, yep. or mentioned, and this one is contentious. The, the owner and I disagree here, but the idea behind MusoSoup is that bloggers make offers for coverage. So they'll come to you and say for 20 pounds, I will cover your song on my blog. Do you accept or not? Uh. I consider that payola because if you don't agree to pay the money, they won't write your blog post. Yeah. To me, that means the definition of payola for James who runs Muso soup. He argues it's simply a wage. It's you're paying them for their time to write about your song. Right. But I think it incentivizes things for the wrong reason. And, and furthermore, there's no disclosure. So the, the blogs are not required to disclose that they were paid to write that content. So it blurs the lines. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the losing side of that battle. Uh, many artists don't seem too fussed about having to shell out money for coverage. In fact, a lot of artists think that's the norm. But but coming from that old school blogging, it's it's a lot more about... You know, we were all about the integrity and and the the discovery of new artists and doing it for the passion behind it, not because you were being paid. And so many old school bloggers still will turn down any money or payment. Uh, and and there are some new school bloggers who will do it because they're being paid as if they were journalists. So yeah. that's sort of Muso Soup's model. And then there are a few others: uh, Playlister, Club, Daily Playlists. One of one of the common comparisons I see when people bring these up. Uh, and, and it's usually in the context of a bad experience on Submet Hub they'll say uh, your site is is BS I sent my song to to 20 curators and no one said yes my song is a top 10 hit on you know uh, Swedish radio in the online radio space uh, and uh, I went on pl- playlist at our club and eight out of ten said yes so you're scamming me and, and then you go look at those eight out of ten and you're like well it's, uh, Half of these look fake and the other ones have 500 songs in their playlists but well done. Yeah. So it's a tricky one. There's there's constantly people coming along promising better results than Submit Hub and and uh, maybe maybe eventually they'll get it. Right? I, I mean I, I I'm not unrealistic here like as I mentioned there was a day when you wouldn't have been able to convince me that hype machine was going to die or that SoundCloud wouldn't be the king of everything. But it happened, so I'm realistic about it. Eventually, there'll be something better than Submit Hub for sure, right? And that day might happen uh, while I'm still actively trying to do it, or it might happen when I stop. I, I don't know. Who knows the future? Who knows? I'm I'm trying to make it better though. It's in my interest for artists to have a better time on SubmitHub, and and I don't want to self-sabotage that by intentionally trying to mess it up, which some people think is what happens. Yeah. Yeah, well and I, I think a really
0: uh, tough lesson for for all of us artists is it is really hard to get coverage Re- it's really hard to get legit good coverage and it and it is all it is all baby steps right you're not going to submit yeah. 10 credits to submit hub to uh you know five different two credit playlisters and and uh, end up with a million streams i mean it, it I mean i guess you could but that's really really tricky
1: It's unlikely. Our biggest playlisters can usually get about ten to 15,000 streams on a song. And and that's the exception. At the end of the day, it's getting more and more difficult. And even when you do get all of those approvals and you do get those shares, you're often left wondering what that was for. So I think it's really important as an artist to assess up front what your goals are. Let's say that you play in a band, and you really love playing live, and you love that connection with the fans, and that whole ethos, digital marketing is probably not your be all and end all. And it's not going to translate into an active audience that shows up to watch you perform. However, if you are making lo fi study beats, you probably want to keep doing that in your pajamas in your bedroom, right? And so digital streaming, therefore is the 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 means to the ends for you. So Man, it's multifaceted. I, I don't think Submithub should be used alone. I think it's a healthy part of a, of a multi-prong marketing approach, which basically every artist has to do today. Even if you want to be that band that plays live, you still need to show whoever's booking that you have some buzz somewhere. So you need to have your Spotify not look like a ghost town. You need to have blog posts so that when you get searched for on Google, it's not just a bunch of streaming links. There's actually content and people writing about you. And, and you need to also go out there and, and connect with fans and do Instagram advertising and do all the, like to be an artist today has become less and less about making music and more about being a, a generalist. You know, you have to become knowledgeable in mastering, mixing, uh, uploading to a distributor, getting your song out there, timing everything, marketing in it, engaging with your fans. It's, right. it's difficult. And, and so, if we can, in some way, streamline that so that artists can get back to focusing on the craft of making music, then I think that's that's a pretty good win in my book, so to speak.
0: What are some things that, are, or are there any things that you think competitors do a little better? Like, oh, MusoSoup figured that out, and they do that uh, better than better than we do. Maybe I can make some adjustments.
1: If I didn't think they were doing it better, I'd probably adopt it. Um, yeah i think all right so so groover i think what they do better is they put on a very friendly face so my approach has always been very realistic trying to set expectations that it's difficult submit hub is a tool we're not here to make you the next big thing we're here to make your life easier and make these connections happen seamlessly and transparently groover tends to take more of like we're going to help you launch your career. We're your friends. We're here to help you. You can have success on Groover. Here are the tips you need in order to be a super successful next great artist. Here's like all the stuff you have to do. And so the reason I don't do that is I worry at selling false hope. I have no idea what their customer support pipeline looks like, but when you're setting everyone up for victory and 80% plus of them are falling short, it usually ends in a lot of missed expectations, which is going to make your life a lot harder when it comes to customer support. And we learned that early on. So, yeah, I've, I've always been pretty cynical, if you will, about about the potential success that you can have from using a tool like this. I don't think it can work by itself. It has to be multifaceted, whereas Groover puts on this really friendly face of, hey man, if it's not working out, the trick is to invest more money in Groover. Like the top artists submit to at least 500 blogs. You're not going to get success unless you do that. And when you do, you're going to be the next big act. And and so um I think for many artists that comes across as a as a friendlier, happier, more uh optimistic and promising thing. So maybe that's definitely, I mean, I'm even doing that in this interview, right? I'm, 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 I don't want to say I'm actively putting down Submit Hub. I think it is a very useful tool, but I want to make yeah. sure that artists come into it with the right expectation about how it works. So yeah, that, yeah, that's one of the big differences between the way we market ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And another, another of the new features that uh, you've added um, for artists on your website is, uh, I believe it's called Hot or Not. Um, I haven't used this feature yet, but um, that's kind of where as an artist, you can listen to other artists tracks and then you can right? well, I guess explain, uh, explain how that works.
1: Yeah. The the idea is pretty simple. You listen to other artists songs, give them a rating, leave them a little bit of feedback. And in exchange, they'll do the same for you. So that, that is the core of the product there. And uh, it's, it's just a cool little thing that happens on the side. I, I, it's I don't give it as much love as the the actual submission part of the platform, and I do have some ways I, I plan to improve it. So every couple of months, I dust it off and tweak things. But yeah, ultimately, it's it's a pretty simple way for you as an artist to expose your music to a lot of other artists and also to get um, exposure. To use the word twice to to what else is out there, maybe even inspiration. So. Another interesting way that we see artists use it is to test new songs to try and see whether they they're the right they're going to bite. In fact, they might even take two versions of the same song to see which version performs better. There's a, there's a few different ways you can use it, but one thing that is cool about it is you can genuinely get 200 or 300 other listeners on your song if you just keep cycling it through through hot or not. And, on. and th- those are going to be artists; they're probably not going to convert to true fans. But actually, out of three hundred, you probably would pick up a couple fans. Yeah.
0: Well, and and maybe help decide which song to pitch, right? If you've got, if you're choosing,
1: your that too Yeah, or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. And and the feedback. So feedback is now a mandatory part of hot or not. And and if you're on the receiving end, you'll probably find that fifty to seventy-five percent of the feedback that you receive primarily seems to be because they were forced to write feedback and so it's not it's not useful per se but the the 25% of feedback that you get can actually be quite constructive and helpful there are artists on there who are genuinely putting effort and thought into the feedback that they leave for other artists and and that's one of the features that I want to try and improve still this year actually gosh we're almost in december but it's on my list i think it would only take a couple hours of coding but we want to i want to add a sort of a uh, super feedback writer category um, because when you write feedback on Hot or not, you actually earn premium credits. I give yeah. you money out of my own pocket to write this feedback. It's sort of the carrot that dangles on the stick. Right? Right. And so, yeah, if you write super good feedback, then you might get more money. So I want to try to champion that and actually make the quality go up. Yeah. 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 If you could predict, uh, we've we've
0: talked about this whole hour how it's uh, how different the industry has become. If you can predict, um, or how much it's changed, excuse me. If you can predict what the biggest change is uh, in, in your website over the next two to three years, what do you think that'll be?
1: I think I can predict it. Okay, um, the whole trend is towards DIY musicians. It has been for many years now. But I alluded to this before, artists today are becoming generalists, practicing all these different skills. Things I didn't mention are like artwork, Spotify canvases, lyric videos. There's all sorts of stuff that you have to think about as an artist. And if you're doing a DIY, which more and more artists are, that's a lot of work. You just got this huge list of things that go into releasing every single song. And um, we are working to help provide resources for artists to complete those things. So one thing that we're actually already slowly rolling out is called the Submit Hub marketplace. And the idea there is that you will be able to hire members of the Submit Hub community, not a, not necessarily curators, but anyone capable of executing these these sort of tiny tasks uh from things like artwork to Spotify canvases to writing your artist bio to your EPK, your electronic press kit through to your um let's say you you have an EP or an album and you want an in-depth review that you can share or publish or whatever, you, you'll be able to buy these types of things on the marketplace. So to answer your question, I think I think the place we can help is with all of these micro tiny tasks that artists have to complete as part of their release. Uh, I think we can step in and, and offer help even even from the mastering and, and mixing side where we're, we're going to be offering that service as well.
0: A lot of changes is it, that, that no, that's great. It's interesting. It's interesting to hear people's perspectives on what's going to happen um, with the industry. Gosh, and, and, yeah,
1: yeah industry wide, it's it's really tough to say. Well, what I see from my side is, is um, there's a there's an oversaturation of music. There's a risk of AI stepping in and writing music just as well as many regular artists can. Yeah, there's a fatigue from listeners at this point the the sort of crate digging generation and that whole ethos of people making mixtapes for high school I, I don't know if that still goes on I'm not in high school anymore but I have a feeling that that's not as big as it used to be right. and and I just think you know, music music used to be this thing that you had to go out and seek and find especially back I mean this predates me right I my, my I've always had digital access to it um not always I used to, you know I, I did get the cds towards the end of the 90s but uh i think back in the day you had to go crate digging to find music it wasn't easy you could either listen to the radio or you could actually go to a shop and sift through stuff today music is like water you open up a tap and there it is right there's no there's too much there's there's a hundred thousand new songs per day on spotify and and what people lose track of is not only is that a big number of people to compete against you're competing with yesterday's 100,000 as well. And you're actually competing with 100 years of music. And that stuff's not going away either, right? I mean, you see the resurgence of Fleetwood Mac and and, um, there was that British girl who also hit the charts again. You see all this resurgence. It's becoming more and more difficult. And I don't think that's going to get any easier as we go forward. So you, you have oversaturation, fatigue from listeners, fragmentation in the market. Like, where do you go? Spotify, TikTok, blogs? youtube twitch what is it where am i supposed to discover new music Uh, what's happening with live shows these days have they really rebounded to where they were pre-covid would like it's just it's yeah man it's all tough to say (laughs) it's really tough to say but uh i think for us we're trying to keep one step ahead i mean that's that's you know we rolled out the tiktok stuff in anticipation of the fact that tiktok was was the buzz everyone was talking about and and so now the marketplace is my way of trying to say, okay, what do artists need help with today? It's not just promotion. They need help with a ton of other stuff. And we've got so many artists on SubmitHub who have become skilled in these things that they can actually offer these services as well. And so we're going to be, it's all microtransactions, really. It's it's between $5 and $100 tops for the types of things you'll be getting. And, and so you'll, it's like Fiverr. I don't know if you're familiar with Fiverr. Yeah, Sure. But we're, we're saying it's like Fiverr, but with quality control. So we're going to vet every single person who's on there, and then we're also going to vet every single deliverable before it gets sent to you to make sure that it is the right thing.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, I look forward to seeing uh, seeing those new features get rolled out. Yeah, is there... it's,
1: it's quite a thing to code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a third of the way. I've, I've, we've, got, we've got people applying to fill the roles of, of actually executing these tasks. So that's where we are now. Uh but but by the time this gets published, maybe we'll be further. And if you want to see it, you can see it today. It's at submithub.com slash marketplace.
0: Submithub.com slash marketplace. Okay. No, that's that's the future.
1: The future.
0: I love it. I love it. Is there anything we didn't go into that uh, that you wanted to?
1: No. No. If you're good, I'm good.
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and if you don't mind, stay on the line with me for just a second, but in front of our audience, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your time as always, and I hope to catch up with you soon.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That was my conversation with Jason Grishkoff. Jason, thanks for coming back and spending time uh, again. Maybe we'll touch base again in a couple of years and, and see what's going on uh, with the industry then and with SubmitHub and and uh, all the things. That's it for me. Thanks again for listening. My name is Andy Sitto. This is Middle Class Rockstar. I'll chat with you next week.